Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 126 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Meanwhile, out west, it's the birthday boy, Justin Anderson in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Happy birthday, Justin. Thanks, buddy. Hey, what what is this, 28? It sure is, yeah. You can think Man. of me as the same age as the, as the amount of time the Blue Jays haven't won a World Series. That's oh. how to remember my age. Oh, no. That's not the way I wanted to start this episode at all. Life is pain, Patrick. <laughs> life, life is pain. One more know? year of being in existence. Let's go. Uh, your boy got back his uh, his COVID test there. We were just talking about this before uh, before we uh, started recording. Uh, negative. I You'll like love it. to see it. You love to see it. You love to see those numbers come up on the stat sheet. <laughs> negative. Um, but if you want to talk about something positive, we are on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. You can check us out there. Uh, we also have our website, bfmdpodcast.com. Uh, <laughs> content TBD. Uh, we are on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and I'm sure there's a bunch more. Uh, shout out to our listeners in the United States. Yeah, we got lots of those. Almost half of our listens come from the U.S., so thanks, everybody, oh, for continuing to listen. And after seeing all of the uh, the Blue Jay apparel down in Florida, I'm, I'm guessing that we have some, some Jays listeners down there. I'm betting there's probably actually a lot of people maybe locally in Dunedin who maybe are Blue Jay fans. I, just, I thought about that for the first time today. You know, hey, they've been there for yeah, a long time. Yeah, actually, I talked to somebody from, like, close to that area one time uh, just for work-related reasons. Yeah. Uh, and they were like, yeah, everybody knows about Dunedin at, like, the Jays are it's known Blue Jay Town. Yeah. Well, they've been there since uh, since their inception. That's been their spring training home. So it's yeah, it's been a long time, a long time relationship with that city. Forty five years, basically. There are a lot of well, 30, a lot of cities in and around yeah, yeah, Miami and Orlando. I think it's yeah. mostly Orlando. Like Clearwater, where Boston is yeah. too. Yeah, Boston's yeah. and Philadelphia are in Clearwater. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot, a lot of great spring training complexes down there. So I'm sure there's a lot of different uh, fan bases in that Tampa area, which maybe contributes partly to why the Rays suck so much at getting fans in the seats. Outside of yeah, COVID, obviously. It's kind of interesting. It'll be very exciting, I think, once uh, everybody is vaccinated and we're at a point where uh, it's, you know, considered safe to have people uh, together. I'm excited to see what it's going to look like uh, when it comes yeah. to, like, stadiums because I feel like everybody's so thirsty for entertainment and, like, to mm. be at these events that it's just going to be this huge explosion of popularity and sporting events again, which is I agree. nice. I'm looking at our our Twitter header too, and it's a picture of the dome during BP. And it's like I forget what the, I forget what Roger Center looks like. Like, so do I. Are you been, excited for for Salem Field? I, I actually am. I, I I enjoy that ballpark. I, I'd like to go there at some point just to watch a Bison's game at one day, but yeah. uh, support the boys, you know. But I feel like it's a it's it's a cool minor league park because it's it's kind of like downtown. It's got like that kind of facade on the outset looks like an old-timey ballpark so i think it'll be interesting once the jays get back there it's gonna happen there is a almost zero percent chance they play any games in in toronto this season just based on logistics let alone the virus itself so i feel like uh, it's not safe to say the jays will be back in toronto next season but i think it's it's a pretty good assumption anyway just based on how things are going but yeah for sure, we'll enjoy our, our next month of, of May in Dunedin, and then we'll see what happens in 
in June when the move to Buffalo occurs. But uh, yeah, we wanted to uh, bring up some some cool. It's never happened before news. So <laughs> there's a certain division in the in the American League West, namely that uh, since the Houston Astros came into the league or into the American League a few a hand, or about ten years ago now, I think it is. We've been waiting for a certain configuration, a certain alignment of the standings. And you could say the stars have aligned, Patrick Marsh, because for the first time in American League West history, the Oakland Athletics are in first place, the A's, A-S, the Seattle Mariners, S, are in second, the Houston Astros, H, are in third, the Angels of Anaheim or Los Angeles, whatever the fuck their name is now, are in fourth, that's an A. And the T, the Rangers, are in fifth. Now, if, if you can spell, which the, hopefully the majority of our listeners are able to, those logos, if you look at them, the letters that appear spell out the phrase asshat. And it is the most <laughs> glorious standings that I have ever seen in my life. Honestly, if the Blue Jays were somehow in a division where we could have some sort of ludicrous word spelled out, even if they had to be in fifth, I would want it to happen just to say that it did because this screen grab is going to live in infamy forever because it may not, it may never happen again. Like I know the A's lost today, so their win streak is over. So they would have the same record as the Mariners now. Um, and if the angels or Astros or Rangers somehow flop standings, we may, we may never see ass hat again, Patrick, but we can, we can say that we were there when ass hat happened, we can say we were there. <laughs> How great is that? <laughs> oh man, it was pretty. It was pretty cool to see that. Everybody Baseball, fun of it Twitter, and, and Reddit lost their minds when this happened. Yeah, it was great. We've been waiting all season. It's just fun. It's fun to have memes. It's fun to have something like oh yeah, a- adorable like an ass hat is to. a meme. <laughs> it's cool but also shout out to the oakland athletics who went on a hell of a run there yeah congrats on your huge win streak and in typical baltimore shitbird fashion they ruined something good so good job baltimore <laughs> you ruined things uh, <laughs> this dodgers and padres budding rivalry is something to behold i ended up watching the game yesterday and boy am i glad i did because fernando tatis jr pimped and the very definition of pimp, if you look up in the dictionary, there's now a video of him rounding the bases after he took Trevor Bauer deep not once but twice. And he had taken Kershaw deep twice the day before. The kid is like, he's only hitting like 250, but he is bombing off some aces right now, off some Cy Young award winners uh, coming back off the injury that he had there. Um, and Trevor Bauer, like to his credit, I mean, say what you love about Trevor Bauer, but he's definitely one of the pitchers and one of the players in baseball who is trying to move the game towards a more entertainment-based and less of the unwritten rules that we've had in the past. And he was asked about the the celebrations. Like, Tatis did the whole, like, covering one eye thing to mock Bauer in spring training. <laughs> he did the Conor McGregor yeah. strut after touching home plate. He took his sweet-ass time getting to first base on his first home run. Um, and Bauer was asked about it after the game, and he said this. He said, I like it. I think pitchers who have, had, who have that done to them and react by throwing at people or getting upset – and hitting people or whatever, I think that's pretty soft. If you go up a homer, a guy should celebrate it. He had a longer quote. That kind of summarizes it. Like, he's not mad that Tatis pimped off him. I mean, pitchers pimp and do, like, their K-strats every time they strike a guy out. Why can't a batter pimp a home run a little bit? He just did, like, the ultimate hit in baseball 
by hitting a home run, he should be allowed to celebrate it. It'd be like if a guy scored a goal in hockey and celebrated, and then the goalie was trying to two-hand him with their stick. Like, it doesn't happen. <laughs> it's part of the game. It should, and it should be part of the game. How do you feel about that? I'm all for it, man. This is not a, this, not, nothing that happened during this series was new. Uh, but it's so exciting when it happens, when you've got that sort of face-off thing. And it, it makes the game better. Um, players uh, who do things like that make the game better. Uh, putting aside Trevor Bauer as a person, uh, as a player, he's exciting to watch. Remember the time that he threw he threw the ball from the pitcher's mound? He yeeted the, the ball. Oh, man, that was extremely entertaining. Stuff like that's just great. Um, and obviously... Uh, Fernando Tatis is one of, if not the best player in the game right now. He's just on fire. Um, but animated players, it's nothing new. I remember way back in the 90s, there was a pitcher for the Montreal Expos. I believe it was Carlos Perez uh, who would like, he was very animated after every single pitch. And it can kind of get to you after a little while, but he would celebrate after every strikeout. Uh, and I think, I think it's, good for the game you don't want to see guys like uh i i don't want to call actually you know i'm not going to put anyone on blast for this but sometimes certain pitchers uh of a cy young variety uh will go out there throw (laughs) you know strike out the side and just walk off the mound like nothing happened yeah like they're robots (laughs) programming is completed uh desired outcome reached (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly and i mean there is a certain level of humor with that type of approach yeah uh, but I, I like players who who, are, who enjoy being animated when mm-hmm. they you mm-hmm. know when they celebrate something that happens whether it's like a you know the randy johnson fit double fist pumps or um you know uh, i know you're gonna hate this but like Derek jeter has done it or did jeter. it many times during his career um where you know they either won the world series or won like a clinching game and Players like that, it, it contributes positively to the game. Sure does, yeah. Um, in other news, there is a little matrix that gets posted on, on Reddit every day. Not Keanu Reeves, but a, a baseball matrix. And it details teams who are uh, either good at scoring or good at pitching or the opposite, poor and poor. Now, the Blue Jays right now reside in the good at pitching but poor at scoring quadrant of the matrix. We're averaging about four runs a game of offense and only giving up about three and a half. So the Blue Jays are sitting currently at 10 and 11, Patrick, and we have a plus 11 uh, run differential. We've scored 83 and only given up 72. So uh, Pythagorean-wise, we're definitely underperforming our, our record, so that's a good sign. It's considering we were, we were talking about this before the show again, too, that we have uh, been missing two of our big bats, one for the whole season in George Springer, who should be back in the next game or two, and the other one being Teoscar Hernandez, of course. But also the fact that we are uh, we, we lost Robbie Ray for a couple of starts. We haven't had Nate Pearson yet. Um, we'll talk about Hunjin Ryu in a second, but we've had some pitching injuries, especially in that rotation. Or you've also had Tanner Rowark um, or Zoik, who had a bad outing, or Anthony Kay, who didn't have a great outing. Um, and then you lost Julian Merriweather, and you had Romano out for a week or for 10 days. So there's been some fluctuation, but our bullpen and our pitching staff in general have been outstanding. And once the offense comes around, it's going to be great. Now, there are only a couple of teams who are in the good at pitching and good at scoring category. That would mean the Dodgers, the Mariners, the Sox, and the Astros are kind of on the border along with the Cubs. Um 
So there aren't many teams that are in that good at pitching and good at scoring category. But record-wise, we're, we're right about where we should be. Um, yeah, we, we were saying too, like, hey, you've got a lot of guys in the offense last few games who have been coming back around. Marcus Semenian has been playing better. Uh, Rowdy Telez has obviously broken out of that that funk and has started hitting for extra bases. Again, he had a, a ripping double there yesterday against the Rays. Uh, and you've got guys like Espinal and Panic and Palacios who contributed some offensive value. So you've got guys who are regressing to their career averages and to the norm more so. Vladdy's coming back down a little bit. He's he's 0 for 7 the last couple of days with a walk. Um, so he ended his, his, his on-base streak ended at like 20 games or something like that. Uh, he had reached base in every game except for yesterday. Uh, yeah, 20 games. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I can't do math, but it's my birthday. I don't have to do math. But regardless, the Jays are in a pretty good spot. Yep, we're definitely better than over half a league when it comes to uh, the overall rubric of comparing uh, scoring and pitching together. Yeah. Uh, and uh, by the way, it's uh, the the user is DVD five six seven one. Shout out. I have seen po- uh, he posted the most recent one. Uh, I don't know if he's the guy. I think he's the guy who does it every like few days or whatever. But uh, yeah. shout out to him. Yeah, uh, it's good content. He, uh, well. Shout out to them because I have no idea whether or not they're male or female. Um, but yeah, we're we're going to start uh, seeing an a, something something like approaching the middle of the chart where we'll be average at both because we're so bad at scoring right now. I think eventually the guys will regress to their means uh, and the pitching. I don't know if they can keep this up forever because I mean yeah. This is the best we've seen our bullpen since probably 1992. Oh yeah, we've had a, had a great bullpen. And, it's crazy. And the, the again today with the one nothing win, um, and were you leaving early? Bullpen was hot even more. But yeah, I was saying a little bit about our expected win loss. Like we should be according to our expected win loss, we should be 12 and nine right now, which will put a second in the division. The Red Sox have a 13 and 10 expected right now. But we were talking about this too. There's only one team in baseball who has played less home games than us. The the Diamondbacks have played five home games so far. Uh, both of us, both us and them, they've played played 16 on the road, and we've played 15 on the road. They're playing their 17th on the road right now. So the fact that we've only had one home stand, uh, and we lost the game due to rain, so we could have had seven at home. And we had that that game against Angels rained out, and we'll, it'll actually be a road game when we do play it. Next, so we'll play it in Anaheim in a doubleheader. Um, the Blue Jays haven't had the friendly confines of a spring training ballpark to hit a bunch of home runs in, and they played relatively well at, at home there. So they've been on the road most of the season. We know how it was last year with the Blue Jays on the road the whole year, having their home in Buffalo. At least this year we had some certainty going in. They would be in Dunedin. The players live down there for spring anyway, so it's a more familiar atmosphere. Um, but, but yeah, we'll have some more home games coming up. There's a lot of home games in May. So it'll be a, it'll be a good time to see what the Blue Jays can make the the TD ballpark really a home field advantage or else it'll be a hindrance. But I'm curious to see what what happens when we start to see that that home and away split even a little bit more. Yeah, and again, if you look at the if you go back and look at our record, um, to say that we should be 12 and nine is not that far off because no, we've had a, a few games. games slide away. Yep. Um, Probably more than three, if we're being honest. I think our record could be easily the top in the division, but we've, we've blown games against the Rangers. We blew games against 
the Rays way the back. The Angels. We had them. The Angels. We, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of games that get blown at the last second, uh, including one that we had uh, against the Rays here this weekend. But I guess before we get to that, Justin, is there a George Springer up, update? Yeah, so there was from yesterday. Uh, Hazel May had tweeted out uh, on the 24th of April, George Springer went uh, one for four in, extra, or in, a, in an intra-squad game. He is going to play center field today against, I believe it's the Philadelphia Philly minor leaguers. I can't remember. Some, one of the teams in the area are doing an alt-site uh, battle. He's going to play center field, and he says he's going to play for nine innings. Um. And it seems like we'll maybe see his debut on on Sunday or on Tuesday, sorry, against the uh, uh, who is it? The Nationals. Is that who we yeah. play on Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we do have a George Springer outing, a confirmed sighting of him playing baseball. No footage, unfortunately, but apparently he ran the bases hard. He played some outfield, got some abs in. And he's going to keep doing that uh, today. And then hopefully uh, after the off day tomorrow, he'll be ready to rejoin the team and take over that leadoff spot on Tuesday. Yep, that's the hope. Uh, I'm excited, though, because, I mean, obviously Gurriel has had a hell of a time trying to uh, make the adjustments, get himself back up to his usual uh, abilities. Uh, he is over the Mendoza line as of today. Uh, yeah. And I, I doubt he'll drop back down underneath it. Um for very long, if at all, because uh, like like I had said a million times on this show, uh, we've seen that his floor is 280. So the fact that he struggled this long is surprising. Um, but there's still a few days left in April. Uh, he, you know, I think we've got three or four games. Three left games left. Yeah. Yeah, he might finish the month hitting around 240. It's possible. That's not that's not too bad. So yeah. I mean, Springer coming in, though, uh, it's going to impact his playing time because Grichik is playing way too well uh, to justify taking him out of the lineup. So You'll see yeah, you'll see Gur- Guriel and Biggio get less playing time, for sure. Yep, it is what it is. It's probably uh, Biggio who will see the decrease uh, sooner than Guriel. Yeah. Because he's playing that much worse. I think if you see a lot of uh, right handed pitching, you might see Biggio in there too, just because of that. It'll be the lefty bat, but it's tough to say. Yeah, I guess. If you see velocity, I'd rather see Guriel in there because Biggio does struggle with the high velocity. So. It was nice, though, uh, getting Jordan Romano back off. It the, sure uh, off was. The IL until he threw a base. Until ball. he pitched. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I was I was pretty surprised when they brought him in into that game yesterday. Um, I, w- I thought they would have brought him into maybe a lower leverage situation, not a tie game in the bottom of the eighth. Yeah. Um, he, and he looked like shit, too. He didn't he look like effective. He was having a hard time hitting the strike zone. Um, didn't give up a hit, but ended up being charged with, with uh, two runs. One of them earned. There was an error committed, and he did walk, too. So, yeah, it was a, it was an adventure defensively for the Blue Jays in Tampa Bay. A uh, couple quick roster notes just again before we get into this, the games. Uh, Nate Pearson threw 51 pitches in a sim game. I'm not going to read out his, his line, but he threw 51 pitches. The line doesn't matter. What matters is that he was able to throw that many pitches over three innings of work, uh, and that's going to allow him to build up to 60 to 70 pitches in his next time out, and then after that, 70 to 85, and then he'll be ready to rejoin the team. The important thing is that he is healthy, 
and then he's pitching against the live batters, and then he was able to throw 51 pitches. And that's where we're going to leave that. Um, <laughs> other notes, uh, on the 23rd, Travis Bergen was recalled. Tanner Roark was placed on the family medical emergency list. We do hope everything oh. is okay with, with Roark's family. Yeah. Uh, we're, not, we're not sure. We don't have any details. We won't speculate on anything, but we do hope everything is okay there. So Travis Bergen was called up, and then <laughs> yesterday on the 24th, Bergen was sent back down along with Josh Palacios uh, in, uh, to activate Romano and to recall uh, right-handed pitcher Ty Tice into the bullpen too. So Bergen was up and then down without appearing in a game, and then Palacios was sent down because Biggio has been seeing more time in right field with Espinal playing a little bit more and also panicking into the lineup. Yeah. Um, let's talk some games now. We've got three games against the uh, Tampa Bay Rays to talk about. The Blue Jays were able to win the series, Patrick, two games to one, which we haven't been able to say much about a series at the Trop ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the yeah. series, game number one, Steven Matz picked up his fourth win of the season. He became, the, uh, I believe, the first Blue Jay in franchise history to be acquired by trade who won their first four starts. The win is meaningless, but it's still cool anyway. He pitched five solid innings. Five hits, three runs given up, uh, all three in the bottom of the fifth inning, but he was able to battle through that. Walked two and struck out seven. Uh, the big blast was a home run. I believe it was a Rose Arena who hit it, and that dude yeah. is tough to stop. Um, Tyler Chatwood pitched a good inning of relief. David Phelps continued to be excellent. And then Tim Meza and Dolis combined for the ninth. Meza got the first two outs. All right, so the eighth, and then uh, the Dillies came in the ninth and got the save for his first save of the year. He looked better. He's been better his last few times out. That seasonal ERA for Dillies was down to four at that point. Marcus Simeon bumped down. They had Biggio leading off for the first time uh, uh, in Tampa this season. Uh, Simeon went two for four with three RBIs, including a home run. And that home run was a bomb off of Tyler Glasnow, who had, who had at that point uh, not given up a home run yet this season. And then the Gritch Daddy hit, a, hit another home run off of Glasnow. It was a nice uh, straightaway center field shot. He also walked and scored twice in that game too. And then Rowdy had the other RBI for the Blue Jays, who managed to get six hits and somehow survived three errors, Patrick Marsh. And there could have been more in that game. Uh -huh. The uh, Tampa yeah. Bay scorer was very, very friendly to the Tampa Bay batters, giving away hits like they were candy. Uh, there was another, at least one error on Biggio that got missed and also one on Bichette that I thought could have been an error. Um, the left side of the infield with those two guys has been, um, what's a nice way to put it, a nightmare this season. Uh, yeah. What were your thoughts on that game number one? Well, I mean, it was a, yet another uh, fine performance from our bullpen, uh, from Chatwood down to Dolis. Everybody put up. And from Stephen uh, Matz. Yeah, Matz was okay. Uh, the one thing, the, I mean, it was one pitch that just got absolutely crushed. Yeah. Uh, you don't like to give up three-run tacos because they're usually game changers, um, but the Jays picked up an insurance run immediately after that in the top of the sixth. So right. that was kind of... That was kind of good, but the bullpen settled in nicely. Um, shout out to Chatwood, uh, ERA of zero so far this year. Uh, Tim Meza, uh, ERA of zero so far this year. Uh, <laughs> it, it, they're just the, the the pen is just doing a great job right now. They are. Um, and I think that 
uh, home run there, or it might have been the next hit that Samin had, uh, that put him over the Mendoza line. So he's 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 now hitting 214 as of the end of today's game, today being Sunday, April 25th. Uh, but uh, great game for Samin, great game for Grichuk, one for three with a uh, home run, a walk, two runs scored. Yeah. This was just a complete performance by everybody. It seems like the team hits better when Steven Matz is pitching. Uh, well, they did their damage in the first inning, too, uh, off of one of the best yeah. pitchers in the AL right now. Yeah, and it, what was impressive was that Glasnow struck out uh, Biggio and Bichette to start the game. Yeah, two-hour rally. Like it was going to be one of those games. Uh, but then, yeah, there was a hell of a rally uh, that uh, concluded uh, with a three-round home run. Uh, by Marcus Samin, you just—it's just good. Yeah, this is a good. This was a great game to watch, uh, and just a very impressive performance by the bullpen. For sure, it was. Yeah, and then on Saturday, the Rays turned around and beat the Blue Jays five to three. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jays again had two defensive errors in the game. The Rays had one themselves. They scored two runs in the bottom of the eighth uh, when the Jays brought in Jordan Romano, fresh off the ten-day IL, to pitch. And as we mentioned, he was not he was not ready. Um, he walked two batters. He was wild. Uh, he did have an error that didn't help, but in the end, like he was charged with two runs, one of them being earned, and only was able to record one out. Uh, Ryan Barucki came and mopped up the mess, but the damage was done. If Tampa Bay scores on you in the bottom of the eighth, good luck in the top of the ninth because they've even though they have a lot of injuries in their bullpen, they've still got some arms that can just baffle you. Um, again, in that game, we scored four runs off of Glasnow on Friday's game in the first inning. We were able to score three runs off of uh, Brent Honeywell Jr. in the first inning. He was the opener for Tampa Bay in that in that game. And then uh, Ryan Yarbrough shut us down with five and two thirds of relief. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and like he was just painting breaking balls. It was a it was a bit of a clinic from him uh, on, on Saturday. Uh, Anthony Castro struck out the side in the seventh for the Jays after Robbie Ray went six innings, uh, six hits, three earned runs. Uh, two of them came in the sixth inning. They gave up two home runs, one a solo and one a two run shot. So again, the long the home runs the damage. But remember when he walked six guys in Kansas City, Patrick? He turned around and only, and walked zero today and struck out nine. So if you, if you yep. take away those two home runs, and even even so, it was a quality start for Ray today or in, on Saturday's game, um, yep. definitely makes you feel a bit more comfortable in that maybe that Kansas City series was an our game was an outlier for him. Yeah, I think it's just hard. I mean, the stakes were a lot higher in this particular game. I think definitely. Just so to see him walk nobody uh, and strike out nine was is a positive sign. The home runs are concerning. Uh, however, at that point, uh, the game was only tied uh, before things kind of got bad. Um, but yeah, I don't understand why Jordan Romano. Why I don't understand why he was put into this situation coming off an injury. Uh, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand. There were tons of arms available because. Uh, clearly, we saw there were tons of arms that pitched today and that pitched on Friday. Uh, in fact, it was mostly the same guys. Bur- uh, Phelps, Mesa, Chatwood, Barucky, Dolis. Uh, the boys. Uh, the boys. Uh, yeah. 
I just don't understand why Jordan Romano. Why would you put him in a in the highest leverage yeah. situation you possibly could? That was a tough coming, coming off an injury, uh, and he started the inning with two walks. Yeah, and that was like, a tough thing to see. Why did we lose the game? Well, we lost the game because. Romano wasn't ready to come back into that game at that point. Yeah, it was. I mean, he's obviously healthy, and you you never th- you never put a guy in anticipating he's going to walk the first two batters, and, and unfortunately you, you can't do anything about because there's a three batter minimum, right? So you couldn't give him the yank there. He has to pitch to that third batter, um, and that's what did some of the damage was having to have him in there for three for three batters to start the inning. So, yeah, what can you do? It happens. Um, He's been a very good reliever for us, so we'll, we'll see him get back to form. I'm not too worried about him. It was nice to see Biggio uh, go three for five in that game, find the kind of an offensive outburst for him. A couple of hits that went to left field that he beat the shift with. Gritchick again hit a home run. They showed a stat before today's game that Gritchick's last 23 home runs have all been against AL East opponents, so he loves hitting as the division. Hates everybody else, loves the division. So there you go. American League East killer, Randall Grichuk. Good. We need it. We need, <laughs> we need somebody, that. We need somebody to step up. And he's been He's Grichuk been doing been great. more than we could have ever hoped for this season. Yeah. Um, today's game, the series finale, the Jays grabbed the rubber match in a one to nothing game that actually, for the first time in a long time, took less than three hours. Um, the one run was was scored in the fifth inning. The Jays managed to get runners on first and third before Santiago Espinal blooped an end of the bat, nice piece of hitting, single into straightaway center field to score the run. The big news in the game, though, outside of the win and the series win, was Hunjin Ryu, who left the game after three and two-thirds. Uh, he had only given up three hits, walked one, and struck out five at that point. Um, he had crouched down after... After a pitch, I don't think he was trying to stretch out something. He motioned for the training staff. And the update is that he was removed from the game with a minor right glute strain. It's a real pain in the ass. Um, I had tweeted out on our Twitter account that uh, I strained my ass just watching these guys pitch. So I can only imagine that that's a very, uh, it's a very relatable injury because... Yeah, when you're, when you're a precision instrument of speed and aerodynamics, like major league pitchers are... There's a Lightning McQueen quote for the day. Um, <laughs> it's going to be, there's going to be injuries that crop up. And uh, we do have some news that Ryu believes that he doesn't think it's a serious injury and that uh, he is not expecting to go on the IL, but obviously the Blue Jays are going to evaluate him tomorrow. Shai Davidi says that Ryu says he plans to prepare for his next start as normal and doesn't believe he'll need time on the IL. Feels it was a smart time to come out early and avoid the risk of making things worse. Pitchers typically throw a side session, Patrick, um, a couple days before their start. So we'll see how he feels uh, by then. I think the Jays will probably release more news as they they have it. Uh, I'm not sure if they'll send them for an MRI. They they may as well. Um, And see what the results come out as, see what kind of inflammation there is there, if there's anything structural that needs to be be healed. but it does sound like if at if at all there would need to be a ten day minimum on the IL, but it's it's definitely a dodged bullet when you're already a team who has a lot of rotation questions, <laughs> say to say the very least. Yeah, but the good news is that our bullpen is great. They Shout are them. fantastic. Five point one innings of uh, of relief, 
only gave up two hits and one walk. And it was the uh, usual suspects again. Meza, Chatwood, Berecki, Phelps, and Dolis locking it down. Uh, the bullpen walked one. Clicking. Yeah. Everybody's clicking. Shout out to Ryan Berecki. Ryan Berecki has appeared in half of, I think it's like less than half of our games. Uh, but he has been so good locking yeah. down that Very like, mid to late inning. Uh, one and two and thirds today, five outs. When you, yeah, when you win a game one nothing, every situation is high leverage. So everybody came in uh, and just swept up the uh, the Rays. It was very impressive. Espinal, yeah. Shout out to Santiago Espinal. Shout out to Espinal. Two, two for four with uh, the only RBI of the game. And then Gurriel uh, cracked the Mendoza line today with a two, two for four effort. Really nice. Really nice to see when guys are starting to come on. Uh, it's only a matter of time before guys like Jansen and Biggio uh, get on. Although with uh, some of our returning outfielders, I think their playing time is probably going to be more limited. Biggio, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Jansen's uh, pretty we, secure in his playing time at this point. Um, we, we do actually have some interesting news that dropped a few minutes ago. Ooh. Actually, about 20 minutes ago. Uh, so... This is via uh, Shai Davidi. Uh, Charlie Montoyo says he's optimistic Blue Jays will have George Springer back for Tuesday. Let's go. Against the Nationals. He and Teoscar Hernandez are playing at alternate site today, that being Sunday, the 25th. Hernandez's time frame is a bit more up in the air. Uh, yeah. Mo- uh, Davidi also tweeted, Montoyo says there's a good chance, excuse me, that Trent Thornton starts Tuesday's bullpen day. Hmm. Tommy Malone likely to be a part of that as well. So we're going to see that Thornton Malone uh, factor coming in. And uh, Keegan also followed that up with a tweet at Keegan Matheson. Uh, Hernandez might need a little bit of extra time as he builds back up. Uh, He will DH in a rehab game today, like we had just said uh, from Davidi. So very interesting to see. Uh, The boys are almost ready to come back. Uh, And also very cool because we're about to do our little preview here. Uh, <laughs> interesting matchup that'll take place Tuesday, April 27th. Yeah, uh, we get uh, Max Scherzer. So we <laughs> see another another oh, ace. We've ran into Cole a couple times. We've now seen Glasnow. And now we're getting Max Scherzer. Uh, he is uh, he's a very good pitcher. We know that <laughs> as, as a fact. <laughs> that game is going to be on Tuesday. It's a 7.07 p.m. Eastern first pitch from TD Ballpark in Dunedin. You can watch the game on Sportsnet, of course. The Jays obviously be doing a bullpen day. Scherzer so far in the season is one and one with a 1.8 ERA, and he has struck out 33. Uh, he just most recently passed Mike Mussina for number 21 on the all-time strikeout leaderboard uh, after striking out nine against St. Louis. Scherzer owns a four and two record with a 2.0 ERA and 10 career starts against the Jays. Obviously, he had some starts as a Detroit Tiger, so he's got some decent experience against us. But he's never pitched against us at TD Ballpark, so that'll be a new experience for him. Uh, in game two of a short two-game set with the Nationals, it'll be Eric Fetty, I hope I'm saying that right, against Steven Matz. We know Matz. Uh, he became MLB's first starter to win uh, to four wins this season. And has been a nice surprise for us so far. And uh, Fetty on the other side is 1-2 and two with a 5.51 earned run average. Um he has posted a 3.07 ERA in his past three outings, so he's been better. And he started against us before. I'm trying to think if it was – I'm not sure if it was last year with the Nationals. It might have been. I haven't had time to look back yet. 
But it's definitely an interesting two-game set. That game against Scherzer is obviously going to be difficult. Both games are at 7 7 um, And yeah, the Nationals are 8-10. and We're 9-11. and Jays can win two games. Or sorry, we're 10-11 and after today's uh, game. So we have a chance to get over the 500 mark with a two-game sweep. So it'll be interesting to see what the additions and the shot in the arm of getting George Springer back do. But uh, Patrick, what are your thoughts on this uh, this little two-gamer? Well, Max Scherzer is not only uh, one of the best pitchers in baseball for the last, I don't know, 10 years, uh, but he's also one of my favorites. Uh, so I'm very excited to watch that. Um, you know, I don't feel great about uh, Trent Thornton having a matchup against Max Scherzer. Uh, that's not really what Trent's role is uh, so far this season. Uh, so it is a bullpen day for us. Squeezing a win at a Max Scherzer would be a pretty big coup. And that would be awesome. It would be a huge deal because that also gets us to 500. Let's get a leadoff home run from Springer in the first inning. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I think Scherzer probably attacks very aggressively. <laughs> he's going to go after everybody. That's what he does. He's a bulldog. He, he's uh, he's like, phenomenal. It's fun to watch. It'll be regardless of what happens. It'll be it's always cool to see um, ace pitchers, especially those National League ones that we never get to see. So it's cool to see them pitch, regardless of if it's if it's mowing us down or not. Uh, I really like our chances on the Wednesday game. Uh, not that Eric Fetty is you know a bad pitcher, uh, but Steven Matz so far this year he's been, been very better, good, and it's been very enjoyable to watch him pitch. Uh, so again, home field advantage. Uh, we got the matchup in the second game. Um, I'd say we're gonna. We're, I think we're gonna split this. I think we'll finish this eleven and twelve, uh, and then we'll head out. Uh, I think we got another day off. Yep. Thursday, and then we've got the Friday, Saturday, Sunday spin. Uh, with, the Atlanta uh, Barves. Yeah, the Braves. Uh, so that one will be interesting. We'll preview that one on Thursday. Yep. Um. That's really about it for us, Patrick. Yeah, that's. I, I uh, like I like the split. I'm going with the split. Hey, it's always good to wrap up a weekend with a a, a win, a series win against Tampa Bay. Um, it's a nice nice little birthday gift for me. Hopefully, the the minor Ryu injury is another birthday gift that the Blue Jays can give me. But uh, it'll be great to see George Springer in on Tuesday. By the sounds, but that's going to happen, barring any any unforeseen news that happens today. But uh, we'll see him in there. The lineup's going to look more whole with him and, and, her, and Teoscar coming back here very soon. Uh, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode, whether you listen to us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, or anywhere else. We appreciate you listening. You can find all of our shows, bfmdpodcast.com. And any ridiculous news or tweets that we put out can be found at BFMD Podcast on the Twitter machine. For Patrick Marsh, Mr. Negative COVID test result out in Halifax, it's the birthday boy here in Saskatoon, Justin Anderson, saying see you next time. <laughs>